upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose. And he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. two-man power trip of wrestling i'm your host gp ajampas with me today bringing him back again he is a former well current writer author wrestling historian he has covered boxing mma and everything in between he is of course mr vincent barry mr wrestleville vincent welcome back to man power trip how you doing hey thank you thank you for having me john i really do appreciate it so what's going on in your world what's going on with wrestleville well, we just released the Pro Wrestling Vault Volume 1. It has 35 short stories in it. It has over 400 pictures of the independent scene, um, mainly coming from the Gulf Coast region of the United States. But the stories are a mix of veteran wrestlers along with up-and-coming uh, wrestlers on the independent scene. So as far as you and WrestleVille, I mean, how long have you been working on it? How long have you been writing it? Well, I've been, I guess, I, I started the Russellville website about four years ago. So I started collecting stories, putting stories on the website. And I started doing some podcasts last year. And uh, I guess uh, after things started to cool down with Lance, I guess I, I just started formatting the book maybe like in January or fe- February, just trying to put it together. And uh, it took me, you know, probably took me a good eight to ten months, maybe a year, close to a year to to do all that. So as far as WrestleVille, just the general thing is basically you have 35 short stories from the veterans, stars on the rise, you know, many, many recognizable names and stars and just uh, crazy if you really look at it, the amount of good names that are in there. So just kind of just give us a brief like synopsis of who we can read in the book. What wrestling legends are in the book? Well, you can uh, read about people like Harley Race, Larry Henning, Bushwhacker Luke, Mike Rapata, Sir Mo, C.W. Anderson is in there, Ricky Morton is in there. And uh, then there's there's guys that you know, been on the independent scene for a long, long time. Guys like Alan Steele, uh, guys like Chris Michaels, Mr. USA, um, Josh Lewis is on there, Damian Wayne, Chaz Taylor, Vordell Walker. And uh, so you got a really nice mix of, you know, notable names that, that, people would know because they've just been in wrestling forever and then there's some guys that you may not know of but they too have been in wrestling for for a long time grinding it out mostly 
you know, a lot on the on the independent circuit and, you know, uh, smaller promotions. So where is Russellville? Like, what would you describe Russellville as? Well, I think I think Russellville is, um, you know, like a a platform to celebrate professional wrestling. You know, it's a platform to give exposure to uh, wrestlers that may not get it, you know, may not get the exposure that they deserve, you know. And I've been getting a lot of uh, critiques about this book as, like, people like it for the fact that they could pick it up and they're discovering people who've been out there for a while, they're researching them, going to their uh, databases or watching them on YouTube, and, you know, people are discovering wrestlers they've they've never heard of, but they've been around for a while. And so, you know, Russellville, the way that I put it, it, it's where wrestling lives. It's that kind of, like, spirit of... um, of pride, you know, it's a spirit of, um, I guess, discovery, but it's also to honor these people who've sacrificed their bodies, you know, for years and years just to entertain people, you know. Well, let's talk a little bit just about some of the guys in, in, in the book. I know Harley Race, obviously, is kind of the first guy that comes to mind or really on, even on the picture the the coverage like just front and foremost so you did an interview back with harley a few years back yes yes i did what was it I, like uh, with harley because i feel like he could be you know a little guarded sometimes you know what he 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 could be i mean i i i guess you could say that he could be he wasn't to me he was he was very open, um, very willing to talk to me. Um, when I called the the first time, uh, you know, he was with a friend that was a little guarded of me. You know, was a matter of fact, they they took the phone from Harley and was asking me questions. You know, like, you know, what do you want and who are you and why are you calling and. You know, here's how it all started. I I wanted to do a story on the uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in, induction when they were inducted into the Tag Team Hall of Fame, him and Larry Henning. And uh, this was back in 2017. For You know, I haven't seen Larry Henning in years. I never thought in a million years I'd be interviewing Harley Race. So that was... That was one I probably wouldn't have ever reached out to, you know, just because I just, I don't know, he's, I guess, the type of wrestler that you would kind of think that he's untouchable, so to speak, right? So I Googled Larry Henning. He came up, he, at the time, uh, he had a real estate office, so... I just called the number, and I believe I got his wife that morning, and she said uh, she gave me the home phone number, and she told me to call that evening, and so I did, and uh, I talked to him about him, talked to him about the induction for about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, and then when we were wrapping up the conversation, he just asked me, he goes, well, what did Harley say about all this? I said, oh, I didn't didn't interview Harley. I I didn't talk to him. He goes, do you want to? And I said, oh, I'd love to. He goes, give me two minutes, I'll get his number. So he gave me his number, and I called up Harley. And when I called Harley, you know, like I said, uh, someone with him, you know, kind of grabbed the phone. And and I told her, I, I told this person who I was and, you know, and what I was doing. And the phone got back to Harley, and I said, Harley, would you still like to do it? He goes, oh, I'd love to. So he was very receptive, very, very nice, very, just very genuine. He he loved talking about wrestling. He could talk wrestling all night long, you know. And then uh, I don't know how long I was on the phone with him, but he told me to call the school the next day. And the next day, uh, so I could get somebody to send me a picture, I called the next day and 
there was uh, well Harley answered, and you know he had such a distinctive voice that I know who I was talking to. So I just reminded him, you know, that I was the guy that talked to him last night, and he talked to me for another hour and a half, and and so that was how I got like that little story of him uh, punching his principal and getting kicked out of school and. You know, that was, you know, because he wanted to, he went to the matches like at 14 or something like that and wanted to become a wrestler right then and there. And his parents were like, no, no, finish school. And so he went back to school and punched his principal. And he goes, well, now that I got kicked out of school, can I go to wrestling training? So, you know, and he was just such a wonderful, wonderful person to talk to. And and you could hear the passion of wrestling. He just loved talking about wrestling. I, I I thanked him for giving me the time, and he was just thanking me for calling him and talking to him about wrestling. And, you know, he was just such a, a great guy to talk to. He definitely is one of those guys, old school to the bone. You know, a little guarded at first, a little protective, but uh, kind of a quiet guy, I guess you could say. Yeah, but once you get him going, he's he was pretty good, you know. I mean, once you once he got talking, I mean, he, he, you 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 just talk about wrestling with him, and he'll go to town, you know. Oh <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. I was with him. Well, at the table next to him, he was with uh, son Leland, but they were at a autograph signing. I guess it was really his last signing. I think it was about three years ago in Philly. And, man, he was cutting promos on Philly left and right. It was great. It was like old-school, vintage heel Harley race. He was awesome. Oh, wow. You know, typical heel stuff about Philly, but it was just funny that <laughs> that he was saying that. He's like, oh, this Philly's still a shithole. Great, like, great stuff. Being sarcastic, but great stuff. Right, right. And uh, Ronnie Garvin was uh, pretending to challenge him to a fight. It was great. It was really uh, it was a fun day. But who else in the book? I know there's a bunch of legends. Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, Bobby Fulton. you got a bunch of good legends in here. Yeah, that's right. Well, Robert Gibson isn't actually featured in the book, uh, but there, Ricky Morton does talk about the Rock and Roll Express, and that's why I wanted to put his picture on the book as well. I didn't want to leave him out because when I, I think of Ricky Morton, I, I think of the Rock and Roll Express, right? I think everybody does. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, but Bobby Fulton is, has a story in this book. That that story is 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 one of my favorites because I was living in Dallas when the Fantastics came through there. It came through world class. And um, I got in touch with Bobby, and I told him, I said, look, uh, I want to do a story with you. I want to do a story about you. But I really want to do something that celebrates Tommy, Tommy Rogers. And he was he was all for it. And so the story talks about how they were paired together, how they, you know, where they wrestled, uh, some of their challenges, um, their friendship together. He talks about how tough he was, Um you know, he mentions that, you know, that he didn't back down from David Schultz, that, you know, uh, that he was just this, this, you know, it wasn't, the Fantastics weren't huge guys, but their hearts were. And I, I think I conveyed that in the, in the story. And I think you can see that in the story. Um, there's, there's, Greg Anthony is in this book. Tim Storm has a couple stories in this book. Barrett Brown is in this book. There's a gentleman named Van Van Horn who wrestled probably only for about five years, but over a 20-year span. And he and his partner, Moxley, Mox, uh, Motley Cruz, at the time, they... Um, painted their face like the old characters in that uh, Warrior Gang movie that came out in the 80s. Uh, there was a like a baseball team gang that painted their face white. Well, they did that in, in the mid-80s, and uh, Bruiser Brody 
booked them for some matches in, uh, I guess, Missouri or St. Louis, and and he was about to take those guys to Japan, and he was like, "Look, get your passports ready, get do do this, do this, and you know, when I get back from Puerto Rico." We're going to go to Japan. Well, he got stabbed and died in Puerto Rico. So, you know, there's little stories like that that, you know, like inside things that you may never hear or you may never know or find out. You know, it's those are the little gems that are in this in this book and they're and they're throughout the book. When you kind of think through the book and you go through, like, what is there like a favorite interview or a favorite story? Is there something that sticks out more than like others? You know, I've I've been asked that. You know, what's your what's your favorite story? I I don't know. I mean, I I really can't tell you. Um, I like the story about Shay Summers, young lady from. Uh, She's from Georgia, and, and uh, she's currently not wrestling now, but we have several pictures of her in the book, and, you know, the look on her face, you know, I mean, the expressions that she gave was was just amazing. You know, she's always got, like, this little snarl or this mad look on her face, and, you know, she had a lot going for her. I, I like that story. I like C.W. Anderson's story. I love Bill Dundee's interview in this book. I think I think that interview is probably one of the best interviews that I I ever had because he is just so candid and and so honest when he's talking about the business and he talks about how, you know, we kind of let the cat out of the bag, you know, by breaking kayfabe and he really thinks that, uh, you know, wrestling is pretty much, you know, never coming back to what it was, you know. And he 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 refers to wrestling kind of like, you know, John Wayne dying, you know, because he, he loves John Wayne and he loves John Wayne movies. And, you know, uh, I, I asked him if, you know, if wrestling was ever going to come back and, you know, he goes, hey, John Wayne is, you know, John Wayne left the building, man. It's done. It's over. So I I loved his his candidness and his honesty and 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 when I read that article, uh when I read that it's a Q&A, but when I read it, I I just every time I read it, it's almost like the first time I read it. And that that's one that stands out as special to me for that reason. Do you think that with Bill Dundee and like what he's saying, you think there's a, some truth to that, or you think that's what the fans are clamoring for, like to let some more stuff out of the bags? It seems like I know obviously wrestling maybe not as popular, but it seems like the, the fans that have stuck around they they kind of want to always yearn for more. I I don't know I, I you know the way that he he explains it in the story is that you know it, it's not the same. You know, he 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 mentions the fact that look, he's at the time he did the interview, he was seventy three, and he was still wrestling at that time. I don't I don't know if he's wrestling now, but he loves the business so much. He's he's I'm sure he's around it, right? But you know, he would tell me he goes, look, we didn't get hurt. We didn't get hurt because we protected each other and we protected ourselves. We used our legs like shock absorbers, you know. But now you got these guys bumping, you know, crazy stuff out the, out, you know, over the top rope, flying and landing on the concrete on their back and whatnot. And he goes, you ain't going to be able to do that for a long period of time. You know, and that that was what he was, what he would say. He also says, "Look, the mark." He says wrestling. He says it doesn't say acrobat and you know choreography. You know, and so I, I I do think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, it's a different product than 
what it was that I grew up with. It's it's not, you know, either, either better or worse, but it's different, you know? And so when you do watch old school wrestling today or you find something that, you know, when I find something that compares to um, anything close to, to world class where I'm watching guys do hammer locks and, you know, uh, I don't know, leg locks or some kind of uh, uh, suplex or, you know, it, it, it just takes me back. It's like, wow, that's wrestling. That's wrestling to me. You know, when you're doing stuff on the mat. And there's guys that do it, but you you know as well as I do, there's a lot of flipping these days. And and that was what he was, what he didn't like, you know, all the the flips and acrobats. That is crazy because I'm not even sure he still might be wrestling right now, which is nuts. But you know, like I said, he said he never got hurt, which is crazy to think of that. Yeah, well, he he might have got hurt, but he didn't get like injured where he was like put out. You know what I mean? I mean, it, wrestling's a, a hurt business. I'm sure. I'm sure your hair hurts, right? <laughs> Something's mm-hmm. got to hurt one day, right? But uh, yeah, the way he explained it was that you know, you you know, like some of these guys today can be out for six months, nine months for an injury. That wasn't happening back then. If they if they did get hurt, they were wrestling. You know, we've all heard the story of Dr. Das. He had, what, a hundred-something stitches in his face? Bill Watts was like, you're going to wrestle. Yep. You know, they had bowling balls back then, you know? Oh, no doubt about it. Definitely a different different era, too. And, you know, you could say it's a different style, but I don't know, maybe that was the better style. Maybe that was the smarter style. Well, yeah, I I think it was because, I mean, we want to see these guys stick around and do it. You know, if they're if they're getting hurt and not able to do it, or if they get hurt and they're out of the business, I mean, you know, there there goes their their livelihood. You know, but yeah, I, I I think there was a smarter way. I mean, they they did it for years, but things things evolve and change and. Like I said, it doesn't mean it's good and doesn't mean it's bad. It's just different. But back then, it was like we were believing they were killing each other, but they weren't. You know what I mean? And we were, they were getting big pops. Now, they are killing each other, and they are almost doing it for real, and they're getting like, okay, pops sometimes. You know what I mean? It, it is such a different philosophy. It's like the guys in the ring will kill themselves for a little pop, and the guys back then, they wouldn't kill each other at all, but they'd be getting these gigantic reactions. Right. So yeah, it's a new ball game or a different ball game, uh, for sure. I don't know. I guess they were just smarter, and I guess you could say they were better workers in their own right. Yeah, I mean, you could say you could say that. With you know, like the younger guys, like the Wardell Walkers, and like the younger guys you've interviewed in the book. Not to say they're young per se, but. Do you sense like anything from them just as far as like a different philosophy, different psychology? Was it the way they were trained? I mean, what were you sensing from some of the younger guys? Well, you know, believe it or not, some of these guys really have like some old school mentality to them. You know, like Vordo Walker, Vordo Walker, um believed in moving he would move he'd he'd go to different areas he'd live in a in an area for a few years and then move and then wrestle there and live in that area or or he'd travel on the road any anywhere he could and he'd and he got he he said that he got criticism for that but his philosophy was look you ain't growing if you're not going you know, if you're not going to different places, you, you're not going to improve or get better or learn. And so, to me, you know, that was a bit of a an old school style. Um, you know, Sean uh, Hernandez, 
uh, I liked I liked him because the story that that he tells and he he talks about this in the in the book he never really wanted to work for like say WWE because of the road schedule he wanted to wrestle but he he didn't want to be on the road forever you know um he wanted to be around his family and so uh but he had troubles doing these making a living on these independent shows so so what he would do was because he didn't want to work in WWE he would go to uh say Europe or Japan or he he did a lot of international traveling and he'd do well he'd go over there for a couple months or whatever and then come home and be around his family and uh but when he was here he'd go do a couple independent shows but he couldn't he you know he was just really making the bare minimum you know and he had learned you know just uh he went and he went in to another promotion, I think in uh, Atlanta or some, somewhere, somewhere in the southeast, and um, you know, just learned different techniques and different styles, and and just different, you know, I guess different ways of marketing himself and promoting himself, and you know, he just kind of learned from the people that he was training with. You know how to make money on these independent shows, how to market himself, and how to how to sell himself, and what what prices to uh, ask for. And you know, he didn't he didn't think he would ever be able to figure it out, but you know, he he did through hard work and sacrifice. And again, those are some of the kind of stories that that you'll read in this. You know, it's it and and what's cool about it is is there's a lot of autobiographies out there. You pick up a book, for example, the Lance book. You read Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You're going to find out everything you need to know about Lance Von Erich, right? You're going to learn about world class and the different guys, that, some of the Von Erich boys and stuff like that, but primarily about Lance Von Erich. You pick up this Pro Wrestling Volume 1, and you're going to walk away with a sense of, you know, knowing, you know, 32 different wrestlers, because I think a couple stories, yeah, Greg Anthony has two stories, uh, Tim Storm and Bear Brown have two stories in there. So you're going to, you're going to learn about 32 different wrestlers that you might not have known anything about, or maybe half of them you didn't know anything about. So I think that is, the, one of the selling points with this book is that it's an easy read. You know, you're going to feel like you walk away knowing a little bit about these people, and you're going to be able to discover, you know, not only read about main people that we that you may know already, like Bushwhacker Luke, Ricky Morton, Bobby Fulton, Tracy Smothers, you know, Tim Storm, C.W. Anderson, Harley Race, Larry Henning, but you're going to find out about you know, the other names that, you know, we've mentioned a little bit, you know, um, like I said, you know, there's Eric Andrews in here, Mr. USA, Josh Lewis, um, you know, Mike Rapata's in here, a lot of people might not know a lot about him, Chase Owens, uh, Big Ramp, he's a manager out of New Orleans, uh, Alan Minnick, he was a, uh, uh, he wanted to be a wrestler, but he hurt his back, and then he started booking and promoting with Greg Anthony. And so, you know, I have the I have an interview with Tim Storm just a couple weeks before he lost the NWA title to Nick Aldis, and then I have a Q and A interview with uh, Bruce Thorpe a few months after he sold the company to Billy Corrigan. And throughout the book, the book celebrates the NWA. There's throughout the book, there's um, like portraits of NWA champions such as Jazz and Cody Rhodes, uh, Rob Conway, Adam Pierce, 
you know, Barbie Hayden, um, John Saxon, NWA Junior Heavyweight Champions in here, you know. And so I think that's really cool um, because this is kind of like a history book, a reference book, um, but you pick it up and and you're pretty amazed by what's in it. And and because I I I I I thumb through the book every now and then, you know, I've and I'm still like, wow, man, look at all this content. And we called it the Pro Wrestling Vault because you don't know what's in it until you pick it up. That is really cool too, because the NWA stuff. I'm always interested because Bruce, you know, he played such a integral role in kind of saving the nwa for a little bit but then it was like tim storm is champion which was kind of interesting and his story is so cool so yeah a lot of good stuff in there i love tim storm um i always feel like he uh flew under the radar but a really really uh like a great interview oh yeah absolutely and what a what a class act guy too true true professional through and through tim storm unbelievable Super, super nice guy. What did, or did he maybe not get into detail, but did Bruce go into any detail about like selling NWA and, and like, like why and like where, where he wanted the NWA to go and maybe didn't get there? Did he get into any of that? He was, he was pleased with what he did with the NWA. They had gone over to Japan many, many times and so. He was very pleased with the Japanese connection that he felt like he made or he he reconnected with them. He felt like he had taken the NWA as far as he could. He felt like the NWA needed uh, television and needed some kind of a television platform, which, you know, as you see, you know, I, I don't know what you think of what Billy Corgan's done with the NWA. I think he's done a fine job. You know, uh, I I just, you know, I I liked what Bruce Thorpe was doing with it, too. But, it was, you know, you couldn't find it on TV. You know, they they had all these, these great live shows, and they were going you know, very busy with live shows, but you had different, you know, like little, you had like a little territory system, you know, you had like 20 different uh, little promotions that were carrying the NWA that when Billy Corgan came in, he kind of snatched all that up and, and, you know, was like, no, you're not going to use the NWA name, you know, it's, it's us. And, you know, they, they decided to kind of remold things. And so he talks a little bit about that. But, you know, he you know I asked him a question. is like, well, what do you think he has to do? Or what do you think, you know, and the way he, he responded was, you know, well, it's, you know, it's not for me to say what, what he, you know, for what he's to do. Or, you know, it's, you know, he he didn't really have an opinion one way or the other. He just kind of felt like, you know, that he was very capable of doing it, you know, to to make it successful. If anyone was to to be able to make that promotion a, a success, he thought that Billy Corgan was a good person to do it because of the success that he had with his band. And Billy, what a big wrestling fan! I never knew that before, but man, he's. I had the chance to interview him uh, last year. Oh man, what a big wrestling fan! Old school, of course, but um, I don't. I never quite knew he was that into wrestling. But that was his main focus. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah, I love. The, I love finding out when like famous people were like big fans. Like I found out Sylvester Stallone was a huge fan. You know what I mean? When you find out these guys were like huge fans, just like us. Pretty cool to kind of see that. I, I knew that about Sylvester Stallone because um, he uh, was living in Houston uh, right before the Rocky movies, or he was traveling to Houston because he was friends with David Manning. And uh, they, wow. yeah, they, that that was how the Von Erich boys got auditions in the Rocky movies. 
for the uh, for the Russian, but they didn't get it. Tinlancebychance.com, people. Yes. If you you can get your copy at lancebychance.com, there's stories like that that I just shared, which is in Lance by Chance wrestling as a Von Eric, and and that's that was another neat thing that you know, you, you know you you pick up that book too, and there's just like these neat little nuggets like like that. Well, that's what I wanted to do with this book as well. I I wanted people to be able to pick it up and walk away thinking, wow, I I didn't know that before, or wow, what an interesting guy that is, and you know, I wanted people to. To feel like they they walk away learning something, and I and I think with the feedback that I'm getting from the book, John, I, I think that I think you know I think we're right on target with that. Now speaking of Lance by Chance, how did everything go with the book? I mean, awesome stuff. Loved it. Loved interviewing Lance. But how did everything go? How did it turn out with the book? Seemed like a big success. The the book was a success. Yeah, it was really. Really happy. Uh, we definitely have books available, but we. I was really surprised with the amount of books that we sold, the amount of interest that was in the story. Um, I was not surprised by the reaction. A lot of people came back and you know told me I had no idea it turned out like that, and I was like, "Yeah, you and." the other millions of wrestling fans because everybody kind of had this this fixed idea of how things turned out you know and when they they find out that there's more stuff after the world class departure they're they're surprised but I was talking to a guy you know the other night and well, I was on a podcast with three different guys and uh, one of the guys had read the Lance Von Eric book and he was uh, questioning me and, and asking me basically the same thing that you were and then his friends that were on the podcast with him who didn't read the book were so surprised of what we were talking about. Like, you know, the Chris Adams story, that there was a chapter in there about Chris Adams. There was a chapter in there about Billy Jack Haynes and Ric Flair and, you know, Kerry's motorcycle accident and, you know, Mike Mike Von Erich's uh, tragic battle with toxic shock syndrome and his, and his death. And, you know, uh, the guy had said to me was like, I thought the book was about Lance Von Erich. I said, dude... <laughs> It is about Lance Von Erich, but you got to remember the time when he was at World Class. He was there right after David Von Erich died. He was there when Gino Hernandez died. He was there when they went to Israel. He was there when Kerry Von Erich uh, had his motorcycle accident. He was there when Mike Von Erich died. And, and you know, he knew Bruiser Brody. Uh, you know, there was just... So much stuff happening in that one year and a half that Lance was there. I couldn't leave that stuff out of the book. You know, John? It's so integral to his story, like all that surrounding stuff. And then you throw his story in. It, it like It's very integral to the story. But, man, World Class had so much going on at that point. It's, it's nuts to see all the, first of all, all the, all the great characters, the, the tremendous amount of business they did, and then the tragedies that struck. It was, whoa. What a time. Crazy few years there in that world class. Yeah, and I think people would walk away, you know, after reading that. I think people walk away like, wow, you know, kind of like opening the lid off of the world class story because, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, yes, that promotion you know they they experienced a lot of tragedy right but you know the texas fans loved the von Erichs, man they loved them loved them loved them loved them and in their eyes you know they could do no no wrong and i think a lot of people kind of 
are a little more forgiving, like, hey, you know what? I mean, they're the Von Erichs, and we love them. And I get it because, look, I was a huge Von Erich fan. I still am. I, I loved I, – I just loved going to world-class shows, and I just loved everything about the Von Erichs. But, you know, I can also accept what the truth is, and the truth is that – it was a really sad story, man, and a, and a lot of things happened that, that didn't need to happen. And, you know, the book talks about all that stuff, but it's, you know, it is in a, what I call a very respectful and gentle um, way of telling the story. You personally, did you think that Lance... You know, going back back a while though, did you think he was really Avon Eric, or did you know that he wasn't? I don't think anybody knew that he wasn't. I mean, if the Von Erichs, if they told you the sky was purple, you would believe it. <laughs> True. You know, I mean, yeah. like okay, you know, I mean, and and there might be a little bit of head scratching on, but I mean, you bought into the storyline. You know, you was like, oh, okay, well he's. Say he's his cousin. They call him his cousin. Hey, that's my cousin Lance. You know, don't don't touch my cousin Lance. You know, and we just all kind of bought into it. But I will say this. You know, as I got older and after he had left, and this was one of the reasons why uh, I wanted to write the, the, the book and, and research the story is because every time I saw him on Facebook, or on not on Facebook, but like see something about Lance Von Erich, on the internet because something would come up, oh, the fake Von Eric or, oh, you know, Lance, not Eric or whatever. You see this stuff. And I was always intrigued, you know, like, who is this guy? You know, what is the, the, the true story, the true backstory on this? And, you know, when I dove into it and started, you know, doing the, the research and finding out, you know, the story uh, of the, I was amazed, you know, I mean, I just couldn't stop uh, writing the book, you know, and it, that, I think that's what kept me going for, for all those years to do the book was that I was just so, um, I was excited about the story. And I, and I tell people all the time of all the wrestling stories for my very first book to, to, to write, I'm glad it was that one because, you know, it got people to, you know, it made some ripples in the water, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Did it get the creative juices flowing as well for Wrestleville? Yeah, I, I think once you start doing projects like this, it's it's there's a, a bit of a an addiction factor to it. You know, you... You you do it and then you're kind of left. Okay, the the project's done. What do I do now? You know. And so I was I was I was ready to to do something else. So as far as like the land story. Yeah. Do you think that with with that like and, and everything, do you think that it was mostly a positive reaction or were people still like were you getting people still that were upset that he wasn't really a Von Eric? You know what, you you would hear that along the ways, like a lot of in the uh, in you know, like some diehard Von Eric fans, you know, we, we call them the Von Eric Nation. But I will say this. Um a lot of those people uh after after they after they've listened to me on uh the podcast and everything and they you know and they realize after talking to me and stuff they they realize hey this guy loves the von Erics as, as much as we did but you know he was curious about this particular topic and he chose to write about it you know um there's a lot of people that you know, we didn't see eye to eye, but you know what? Um, there's a lot of people that I didn't see eye to eye with that we now we we stay in contact with each other on Facebook and stuff, you know. And so I think uh, a lot of people just kind of, you know, after they got me talking or 
you know, started hearing me talk about the subject and talk about the Von Erichs, you know, they're like, wow, well, he's not bashing the Von Erichs. He's just curious about what, you know, this particular part of the story. And I and I went out to find more out about it, you know. And so, you know, I I, I might have I might have gained some respect with some of the fans, but you know, the the book was well received. A lot of people thank me for the book. Um, I I sold more books than what I thought I was going to sell. Um, you know, I was I was pleasantly pleased with the outcome of of that project. And you know, uh, like I said, that that one kind of got me, you know, got me recognized in the in the wrestling world and uh you know it, it it's helping with this book too i will say this about lance von eric and the pro wrestling vault volume one by russellville is they're two totally different books they're not you know they are not the same by by any means you know one is one's an autobiography and it is you know very very gripping and uh it's hard to put down and the other one because they're short stories you know it's easy to you know if you commute on on a bus to work you could read two or three stories on your way to work and you know put it down and then pick it back up and you're not committed to this this long story you know when i was at some wrestling shows over the summer selling my books um people would come up and they tell me, hey, man, that book looks really, really interesting, but I have five wrestling books right now that I can't finish. Well, why is that? You know, a lot of those books are 400-something pages. You know, and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to keep somebody's attention. You know, we're, we live in a day and age where, you know, you got 20, 20 30-second videos on on Facebook, you know, like, you know, people are just eating that stuff up like candy, you know. And I work in the media business. Well, you know, we 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 put these stories out, you know. My my boss cringes when the stories, you know, anything over 2 minutes, you know. He 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 would like a story to be uh, a minute 30. You know, my my point is today is people's attention span is different than it was when we were younger or we were growing up, you know. So, you know, when people were telling me that they can't finish a wrestling book, you know, um, I've been telling stories for 20 years. And, I, and you know, and, and I've been around some really good storytellers and, and really good writers that tell me, you need to do it like this, don't do it like that. You should try this. Why aren't you doing it like this? I told you to do it like that. And I take all that information and I implement it. And, you know, I'm you know, I, I'm just trying to come up with a formula that works for me. But a lot of people have been pleased with what I've been, been putting out. And it makes my heart feel good. It also seems like Lance had the best response, you know, to anybody out there about the Von Erich's like, hey, they're technically not Von Erich's either. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, kind of right. true, like in his own way. I mean, that's kind of true. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's wrestling, right? At the end of the day, it's a, it's a show. It's, you know, you know, you know, Kamala, you know, was a, you know, truck driver from Mississippi. Right. You know, he wasn't a cannibal from Africa. It was it was a story. But, you know, we we bought into that stuff and, you know, I mean, did you really think that Kamala played his part pretty 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 uh truthful, right? I mean, he was he he was pretty believable, but, you know, we know that that wasn't the case. And so, you know, it's wrestling. And that, you know, that's why it kind of always you know, I couldn't understand why people got so mad at Lance just because, you know, he wasn't really a Von Eric. You know, it's like they're, you know, 
nobody wants to uh, connect him to the the uh, uh, you know the Von Erich legacy. And you know, I don't know if you know it, but in 2020 there there was a Von Erich movie going to be coming out. Did you hear this? Mm-mm, no. Okay, yeah, right before the shutdown, there was talk that there was going to be a Von Erich movie. Well, I was on a podcast, and the guys surprised me. The, the Do you know who uh, the Whip is, Sean Whipple? Do you know who he is? Sounds very, very familiar. I'm not sure well, I've ever is. met him but I, or talked yeah. to him, but I, I know the name. Okay, yeah, he, he is, he's a podcaster, and he does wrestling podcasts. Super, super nice guy. I believe he's from uh, uh, maybe the, the Michigan area, somewhere up there in the Midwest. And um, he brings me on his show, and he says, i got a surprise for you. He had the screenwriter of the Lance movie. Wow. And, yeah, and so he... I'm talking to this guy, and you know, you know what? I started grilling him a little bit about Lance. He knew nothing about Lance, but he spent all this time with Kevin, you know, uh, working on the book. And what that told me was that, you know, and here's the the kicker to all that when it was. I guess time to turn in the movie or whatever. They the movie was like stalled or stopped or like they kind of pulled the plug on it. When I was interviewing Johnny Mantell for the book, he this, this is what he said. He said the bad thing about the Von Erich movie is is that Kevin's helping with it, and that means the truth isn't going to get out. That's coming from Johnny Mantell, oh, very wow. loyal, loyal mm-hmm. friend. Yep. And and so that's that's what I believe too is that they pulled the plug on the movie because it wasn't the movie that the movie people wanted told. You know, it was it was floweried up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So you know that's. And it was so funny, it was I'm talking to the scriptwriter who spent all this time with Kevin. He knew nothing about Lance. And and Lance is an integral part of that story. It's a huge part. But when you see stuff like on Dark Side of the Ring, he gets thirty seconds. He you know, on World on the whatever the world class territories or whatever that Tribute to the world class. I can't remember what the the title was, but you know he get he gets like two two minutes and thirty seconds. His his part in that that promotion was a little more integral. When you're when you're the only Von Erich wrestling in a promotion that is carried by the Von Erich name, and you're the only Von Erich wrestling for several months, and you're not a real Von Erich, you've got quite the role. No doubt about you know. it. Yep. And you're right, he always gets the shaft from these weird documentaries and stuff. I'm sure Kevin probably had something to do with the, the movie that he was going to be barely mentioned on. Oh, he probably wouldn't have been mentioned at all. Yep. Which is a shame. Got to get the, right. whole, that, get the whole story out of you. It's got to be complete. And, and you know what? I think that's why people will enjoy Lance by Chance, wrestling as a Von Erich, because... You know, here's here's what I I loved about the book, and I and I respect Lance. Lance, I mean, he he's pretty much a straight shooter, but he he's not dogging any of these guys. Even even Kevin, him and Kevin, they didn't see eye to eye. But you know, he's not he's not bashing these these people at all. You know, he's just hey, I didn't like working there. You know. I was overworked. I didn't have much of a life. You know, my marriage fell apart. You know, I didn't yep. I didn't love wrestling. You know? Yep, I think that's the part that people get upset about for some reason. 
that he didn't, you know, didn't like wrestling, but they kind of like recruited him in. It wasn't like he sought out to do it. Yeah, and and you know what? He also he complains a lot about the road because in Texas, you know, Texas is a huge state. I've lived in it most of my life. Driving from one end to another takes forever. He wasn't he wasn't uh, too thrilled about it. One because he was big. Another cars. You know, the cars weren't that comfortable, and plus you're doing it for hours at a time, and you're you're driving to one place to another, and uh, you know you're tired and you're, you've been physically using your body, and uh, some somebody was complaining to me. They were telling me they were like, well, he didn't love the road, and he he complained about being on the road, and that's where those guys, you know. You hear other wrestlers talk about how much they love being in the car with Bruiser Brody and Ivan Koloff and Greg Valentine and all these people, and they, that's how they learn the business. And he didn't love the business because he didn't respect that a- aspect of the business. He worked in Texas. <laughs> McAllen from Dallas is like an eight-hour drive, you know? Lubbock to Dallas is like a six, seven hour drive you know it's it's forever you know and so these guys are rolling in at two three in the morning got to go work out the next day or you know get ready to the go the next place they were exhausted and he's wrestling two times a night of course he hated the road you know and that's why you got to understand the whole whole story and he talks about all that in the book See, a lot of the Mid-South guys did not like the road either, from what I gather from interviews and stuff. They hated being on the road in Mid-South. Because they had a huge territory. Exactly, yep. Atlanta's getting a lot of uh, undue heat for all these years. Yeah, but you know what? I I think this, this book helped, and a lot of people have reached out to me and, you know, thanked me for writing the book. I I get... I've got several emails and some mail, and people were telling me, thank you for telling a story. We appreciate you, you know, telling a story and, and getting it out there. And, you know, I was glad to do it. Like I said, I don't have any questions anymore. You know, when I when I see a picture of Lance on, on the Internet, I know the story. Yeah. Yep. Pretty damn uh cool like random you know like as an old school wrestling fan like myself or like any other wrestling fan out there you're always quest for more like you want more knowledge more of this and it's like man whatever happened to lance von eric well lancebychance.com you get his book i mean pretty damn awesome to be able to do that so kudos to you from being able to pull that off yeah thank you and 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 with this one too you know i really feel that people are it, you know, the Pro Wrestling Vault Volume 1 is like a time capsule. You go back and, you know, you get to, to again, you get to read about these some of the guys that you do know, and then you get to, to read about some guys that you may not have heard of. And just flipping through the pictures, there's over 400 pictures in this book, and they're taken by John Paul LeBlanc, most of them are. And they're spectacular. I mean, if you could really, you know, you go through the, these pictures and look at some of the people, you know, um, there's so many Ole, Ole Andersons in there. Adrian Street is in there. You've got um, uh, Billy Gunn. You've got Sam Roberts, you know. Uh, Ivan Koloff is pictured in that book. You know, it just goes on and on and on. And at the end of the book, I was I was formatting this book when – Daphne tragically took her life, and you know that that week that it happened, you know I was, you know I was just I talked to my wife about it, and you know it was pretty upsetting, and you know, but it just didn't affect me, you know it was all over Facebook, and you know I I went to the the groomers, and the guy there is a big wrestling fan, he's always talking to me about wrestling, he was all broken up about. Daphne's passing and and rightly so, right? What a tragic story that was, and 
you know, and I put a picture of Daphne in the back of the book with the suicide hotline. And you know what? For me, that was just, that makes the book special because there's a story in the book. I only have one girl in the book. Her name's Shay Summers. I mentioned her with the facial expressions, and she's no, she's not wrestling at this time right now. I did reach out to her before the book came out, and she was say, hey, I'm not wrestling right now, whatever. And uh, But she mentions Daphne, and she mentions in her story of how influential Daphne was and what it meant to her to uh, just to go to a seminar and Daphne be there and Daphne took time and spent with her and taught her, you know, things about the the business and things that she needed to be doing, and she took it to heart. And, you know, like I said, I I had the picture and I and I wanted to, you know, I felt like it was uh, fitting, you know, it was it was fitting to to end the book with her. Very very true. So as we wind it down, we head towards the finish here. Give us one last uh, big push for the book. Everybody could definitely uh, want to read this. Harley Race, etc. Well, I think people are going to like the book for the, the simple fact that there's such a variety in it. And there's there's so many hidden treasures in this thing. And and you pick this book up and, and you flip through the pages and it's one of those like you know, that there's so much stuff in it that it's like, wow, I didn't know this was in here. This is in here, too? Wow, he talks about this guy. Oh, there's a story of this. And it, and something that's really neat about this book, I don't think Volume 2 is going to do it quite like this one did. Um, but when you read the book, and, and, and I've had the opportunity to read the book probably 20 times, um, and some of those times were painful because it was through the edit process. But, you know, you read through these stories, and there's there's a little bit of a theme in here. You know, um, Barrett Brown talks about chasing the NWA uh, title and NWA junior heavyweight title. And then he talks about wrestling Eric Andrews. And Eric Andrews talks about winning the 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 title and then he loses it to Mr. USA and then Mr. USA loses the title to Barrett Brown and all that stuff is covered in the book you know Van Van Horn talks about his partnership with uh, Drop Dead Dale Wild and then when by the time you get to uh, Drop Dead Dale Wild story I interviewed Van Van Horn in May of 2017 and then I interviewed Drop dead Dale Wild in March of 2018, and Dale Wild couldn't stand him by that time. And Dale Wild, you know, so you you kind of see, you know, how things kind of changed in the, you know, you know they they were no longer wrestling together, and um, you know Chris Michaels talks about uh, the influence that Tracy Smothers had on his life you know, in, in professional wrestling and how much, how he met Tracy Smothers and, you know, and, you know, that Tracy Smothers took him under his wing. And, you know, Tracy Smothers, when I interviewed him, he talked about how important it was for him to pass the business on to the new guys. And you, you kind of see that connection in the book. You know, there's a story about Chaz Taylor, you know, and he talks about, you know, uh, what it meant for him to see about, see his dad wrestling and, and, and how he got into the business. And if he kept his grades up during the, the school year over the summer, he could travel with his dad. And that was basically how he broke into the business. Well, you know, a year, a year or so down the road, um, after I wrote that story on Chaz, you know, eight months later, his dad passed away and we did a story, you know, tributing his dad, you know, and talks about talks about him and so that that's the thing is like there you know, the stories do tie in. It covers like a two year period of 
wrestling. It's NWA heavy. Uh, most of the pictures do come from the Gulf Coast a region of the United States, but the stories are from guys from all over the United States. And also, too, every book, I reached out to about half of the guys that that helped me with the book, and I've got... Um, I've got 14 wrestlers who contributed signatures for the book. So every book is going to be is going to come signed with um a signed label put placed in the book and Mr. USA, Chris Michaels, Tim Storm, uh James Beard, uh CW Anderson, Bobby Fulton, um Van Van Horn, Dale Wild, Josh Lewis, Sean Hernandez, and uh, Damian Wayne. The list goes on and on and on. But every book's going to come with a randomly picked uh, signature. So it's a it's a nice little bonus, you know. I think people are going to love the book because of the stories and the pictures. And the book celebrates wrestling. I mean, it just... I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, this is one of those books that... I mean, you know what, John? I I wrote a wrestling book that I wanted to to see, and I, I came up with something that that surpassed my expectations. And I think the fact that you pick up a book and you got, you know, oh, my book is signed by Mister USA, and then you read Mister USA's story, and then you're connected to him. You think, oh, you know what? That's pretty cool. I got a signed book by, you know, Chris Michaels, Damian Wayne, Tim Storm, Bobby Fulton. And there's stories in the book, you know, and so I think that's a special a special bonus to the the whole project. Very, very cool little bonus. Where can everybody get the book? You can get the book at lancebychance.com. If you want to pay by PayPal, you can email me at Vinny at Russellville dot com. And you can also find me on Facebook. And uh, if you're on Russellville.com, there's like a button to click on. It'll take you to LanceByChance.com to buy the book. So the book is at LanceByChance.com. And you can always email me. My contact information is on the website. You can email me if you want to go by PayPal or Cash App, and we'll send the book out to you that way as well. All right. Awesome stuff. Vinny, thank you so much for all the time. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me, and I appreciate your show, and I appreciate all you do. Thank you, John. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.